So for me, to that person, I would have said, if you could have done more a variety of things, you might have figured it out sooner. I think a lot of my friends and a lot of people in the book, they kind of just went for a promotion or kind of stayed in their comfort zone. Whereas if they would have done something a bit different, like that guy who set up the hostel in Peru, like uh, setting up the whiskey bar, you kind of, you figure things out faster, a lot faster, you know? Hello and you're very welcome to another episode of Graduate Compass. This is part two in the chat with Paul Murphy, the author of 1000 Years of Career Advice. If you haven't listened to the first part, then I highly recommend it. But for the rest of you, enjoy the rest of this interview. Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. A lot of themes came out in the book. So in the back of the book, I have 11 pages of people's tips. So the, the tips that got sent. So maybe I should explain. I ask each of the 100 people for their three pieces of best advice. So there's like 300 pieces of advice, if not more, that I've got. And I kind of collated the ones that came up again and again. And I guess one of them that came up, uh, there's so many to kind of remember, but one of them that struck me is, People kind of who were 30, they kind of were successful in societal terms and, you know, they made decent money or they worked as this prestigious, quote unquote, you know, profession. But, you know, they didn't, they weren't really happy in their lives. You know, they worked long hours. They dealt with people who weren't, you know, difficult people every day. And I think, yeah, that that really struck me, like their society's idea of success, they were stressed out and they couldn't switch off when they went home at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. and it was affecting their family lives or they had to work weekends or whatever. And so I really would encourage people in their 20s to kind of go, all right, well, you know, what is, what would be an ideal life for me? Would it be spending um time with my family and kids or would it be have the you know working for a really cool company that's maybe doing something good in the world instead of working for a big bank or a petrol company or you know so so I would just that idea of success once you get there and once you're earning a hundred grand or you're working for a big company I think those people would say well I'm not happy so that was one of the big things I think when you're a graduate, you're mad keen to make more money or to be seen as, you know, get this promotion or whatever. And yeah, I just um, would, would bear that in mind for your listeners that it's much, there's a lot more to life, I think, when you get into your 30s and your 40s, you know. Another, another couple I might throw in quickly. Um, one thing also that struck me is uh, how easy people change careers. So I think perception it's very difficult to change careers. You have to go back, start from scratch, you know, get a new degree, live like a student again, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people, they did uh, one year masters and the masters had inbuilt work experience and they did well for the three, you know, one year masters with three months work experience. They did really well in that three months work experience and they then got a permanent job offer out of it. 
So two or three people, one of them was a um, civil engineer and then he went into IT. One of them was a project manager and I think he went into something very different. Can't remember the other one. But those people, they changed careers massively in the space of 12 months, you know, and they maybe didn't even take much of a hit to their income. And I think that's a really big thing to kind of get across to people who are unhappy maybe in their careers or, you know, wanting to change. It's not as hard as you think it is. And find, I would go, um, I would encourage people to find people who have changed careers and just ask them, you know. And another thing quickly um, that really struck me out of the book uh, is the small amount of research that people did, you know. So, like, you'd ask people whose, I don't know, whose brother was an accountant, and then they did accounting. And you'd say, oh, did you talk to your brother and find out what it was like? And they go, yeah, I didn't know. Or, you know, they would have known a lot of doctors in their community. But they never went and asked them, well, you know, do you like your job? What are the good points, bad points? They just kind of took the plunge and a blind leap of faith. And, you know, it's such a huge, like uh, one of the um, people in the book, she it really struck me. She goes like, it's crazy. You spend 40 or 50 years, 40 years on your career, but you don't do any research. Whereas if you're buying a car, you will be doing a month of research and you'll have a Google spreadsheet or you'll be fit talking to people who own that car, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's crazy the little research you do on your career. And that really, yeah, struck me. We said we'd get into these uh, chat with a bit of an exercise we, um, just to kind of fill in and everyone else in with the, the conversation. We said we'd put some questions out on social media and then fire them at you to see what you thought and just to kind of get your reaction. So we'll do that now if that's okay. Um, so I've got I've got a couple of different ones. I've got uh, one from Liam, which says, how do I know if I should apply for a graduate scheme or not? I did a graduate scheme myself and a lot of people in the book did a graduate scheme. And they're not the shiny kind of objects that you think they are. They're not the silver bullet or the golden chalice. Some of them are very good, but some of them, you know, then maybe you're much better off doing an entry level role. Um, and the way I would kind of figure that out is, go talk to people who did graduate schemes, especially if you know what type of companies, let's say you wanna work in a big four accounting firm. There's millions of people who've done those graduate schemes. You just need to find a few of them and ask them. And um, yeah, it's kind of a recurring theme, I guess. If, if you wanna find out about something career-wise, find someone who has done that. Do you know, like if this person is a Sunderland uh, student, find type in Sunderland University graduate scheme wherever it is Mars or you know BP or whatever and these guys will bend over backwards helping you and going oh well actually it was really good or actually you know what I mightn't have done it so so it's not the silver bullet that you think it is graduate schemes I've I know some graduate schemes there's not many graduates they're poorly run you get kind of pigeonholed in in a in a boring role, whereas other graduate schemes, you know, they really look after them and really develop the graduates. And you're never going to know is it a poorly run graduate scheme or a very good graduate scheme until you kind of ask people who've done that graduate scheme. So that's what I'd recommend. Our, our second question, um, I think you, you've already sort of answered this before, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. How do I balance changing careers? to find one I want to stay in 
without being able to stay in one industry long enough to earn decent money? So a couple of things. I would, uh, there's a pattern repeating. I would try and find someone and it's definitely on LinkedIn again, I would encourage people to take out LinkedIn premium. You can cancel it after you, you can cancel it before 30 days and you don't pay anything. And the search capability is amazing. You can type in specifically by location, by whatever the career is, by university. So I'd really recommend LinkedIn premium, but just cancel it before the 30 days. And I would find people who have tried to do that career change. And I would ask them a little bit like the graduate scheme. But I would also say that um, that is a very good way to kind of move careers is to maybe find a, a post-grad degree or maybe an add-on with work experience. The work experience is key. Don't get to a post-grad or a one-year diploma or a master's thinking that will magically help you change careers. Because if I'm a hiring manager and you've, let's say, tried to change from finance to, I don't know, uh, IT, and you have a one-year master's in IT and you think, you know, people will give you jobs, you know, you don't have any IT real-world experience. Whereas if you have three months or six months in an internship, in an IT internship, you're way more employable. So try and find a master's or a postgrad with that inbuilt work experience. Don't, I wouldn't contemplate doing just a master's without work experience because you're kind of back to square one, you know? So to try and think about how employable you are to hiring managers, you know, switching those careers. And even try and maybe interview some some hiring managers, just try and test the water. Say you're trying to move into IT, uh, find some people on LinkedIn who are managers that like a nice big IT firms and go, look, I work in finance, I'm trying to move into IT. You know, what would be the best way to do it? So find people who've tried to do the move themselves and maybe try and interview some hiring managers in that career you're trying to move into. And that way you will kind of reverse engineer what you need to do. They'll basically tell you, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, I'll give you a job. So that's what I would say. And just as well for anyone who's listening to, to add on to, to that about, about the, the master's thing, because you can, well, I totally agree with you, but the and getting a placement is such a huge asset for a master's. Some universities will actually do kind of help you with placement support outside of your official coursework. So even if you have a master's that doesn't have a placement, you can still get that work experience and fit it in depending on your circumstances, depending on the institution. So just, and just, just to add on that one, um, Keen, I think, I think a lot of people from my generation, I'm not sure about now, a lot of people did masters, you know, a lot of people, maybe because there was not many jobs around, but like I asked all of those guys for a separate blog post I did, you know, 10 years later, you know, would you do your masters again? And all of them, 90% said, no, I wouldn't like I would have tried to get a job harder uh, because that real world experience of working in a in a department or in a company that's five ten times better than any thing a master's will tell you and maybe I shouldn't say this on a university podcast but it really is five ten times more valuable and you have to think about a hiring manager I always tell kind of young people so imagine you're going for a job and a hiring manager has five CVs or three CVs and they're about to give a job to one of them, you know, they're going to go for the person 
who they think will be able to do the job the best. So with the, they'll go for the person who is the most experienced, who is the most different skills or different experience. If there's a person there with no experience and has just been a student of whatever it is, that person will be at a disadvantage straight away. So really, really, if you are thinking about doing a master's, yeah, just just maybe think about, you know, your chances of getting a job after that master's. It's interesting that you you touch on regret because the final question I have for you kind of touches on that a little bit. But someone put in, they said, after 10 years of my current career, I finally decided I don't want to, uh, that I'm done with it and I'm completely changing gears. But I thought the end of the question was interesting because the end of the question was, was there any way I could have told sooner? Um, I've kind of alluded to it. I think if you do, is this, does she mean could have known sooner? Is that it? Yes, yeah, that's my understanding of the question. So I think I've kind of alluded to it already. In your 20s, if you can work for you know, five, six, seven different companies in five, six, seven different roles instead of maybe three roles for the similar uh, size company or similar type of kind of area. I think you figure things out more. You go, okay, I like that. I didn't like that. I love this. I didn't like working with this type of person or people. And I think it's more trial and error. So, you know, it's a little bit like I always encourage people to do as many internships as possible. You know, I know uh, people might want to do different things with their summers, but even if you could do a one-week internship, two, three one-week internships, or two, three two-week internships, then you kind of, you get more exposure to different things as opposed to one internship. And you can figure out what you like and what you didn't like, and it kind of informs you for your next kind of decision. So for me, to that person, I would have said, if you could have done more a variety of things, you might have figured it out sooner. I think a lot of my friends and a lot of people in the book, they kind of just went for a promotion or kind of stayed in their comfort zone. Whereas if they would have done something a bit different, like that guy who set up the hostel in Peru, like uh, setting up the whiskey bar, you kind of you figure things out faster, a lot faster, you know. And there's a um, there's a guy I interview in the book who's a multimillionaire now. He went to university with me, and he's this entrepreneur who's made a lot of money. And he advised that like he would question maybe you know if you could do um, a job, if you could do a whole lot of internships instead of a job or instead of university, you know, if you could, and I think people do it now in Silicon Valley, they'll do six months here, six months there, a year here, and they'll have more experience than maybe a regular person has in their career, you know, in five or 10 years. And they're just so skilled and talented and capable then, because he's like, well, what's the point of university or what's the point of, you know, working for a big firm when you just get pigeonholed in one tiny department? He was saying do as many different things, do as he would. He recommended doing like six internships instead of a regular three year degree. And I think there's a lot to that. You know, if, if you do, if you live in different countries, if you work for different types of companies, if you work in different industries, you know, I think you figure things out a lot faster. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the the idea of kind of just I don't know trying to do as much as possible, or even just even just the the movement 
the idea of, of any kind of movement usually generates some change. I mean, that, that was certainly the case for me, my, my career when I, when I moved, and I, I, moved, I don't know if you know this, but I moved to Korea for a while. And once I did that, everything just started changing because it's you've taken that chance and, and it can be quite a scary thing. So uh, yeah, no, 100% agree with you. Paul Murphy, thank you so much for joining us, author of 1000 Years of Career Advice. If you're interested in checking out the book and his website, there'll be links to that in the description. And if you're interested in following us on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all the usual places, please share the episodes if you find them useful, because we want to help as many people as we can in this podcast. Thank you very much, Paul. No problem, Keen. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.